Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. We're going to talk about the Valley of Eshkol today, and that's how you pronounce it, Eshkol, Eshkol. Now, I want to say that this valley actually represents the Valley of Decision. The Valley of Decision. And what valuable lessons can we learn from this valley? Well, first of all, let me just give you, I'd like to give you a historical account of where we are in history as it relates to the children of Israel. The place called Eshkol, it was called that because of the cluster of grapes with which the children of Israel cut down from the place of promise. Now, the word Eshkol signifies a cluster, and this cluster typifies Christ. And this is why. Christ being a cluster of all of the perfections of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead. So in other words, Jesus is the cluster of God. Jesus is where all the fruit lies. Now, one cluster that we can talk about in the scriptures we already know about, it was nine different aspects of it put into one, and that was the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is nine aspects in one fruit. It's not, listen to me close, it's not fruits of the Spirit. There's no such thing as fruits of the Spirit. It's one fruit. And that one fruit has nine aspects tied to it. Faith, love, self-control, goodness, uh, kindness. All of that is in one fruit. Somebody say it's just one. Just one. Now, I know we hear the song that says the fruits and all. It's not fruits. It's fruit. So, so listen, so it's one fruit. So that is a cluster. Now, although the word eshkol means cluster, I believe this valley represents the valley of decision because although they had a representation of the fruitfulness of God, the people still had to decide to go in and possess what God said was theirs. They had to make a decision. Somebody said make a decision. They had to make a decision. That decision is, are we going to go forward or are we going to turn back? That decision was, are we going to be victims or victors? The decision is, are we going to be conquerors or are we going to be pushovers? Are we going to be fruitful or barren, effective or unproductive? Are we going to be apostles or imposters? Are we going to be deacons or are we going to be pimps? We have to make a decision somewhere here because you can't be both. You can't serve God and the world. So we got to make a decision as Christians. Are we really going to act saved and be saved? Or do we want to just look saved and talk saved? Somebody said make a decision. See, they had to make a decision here because God is not going to take your blessing and put it in your mouth. The blessing was there. All they had to do, saints of God, is go occupy and take it. And some people still waiting on God right now. They're not waiting on God. I'm just, what are you doing? I'm just waiting on God. Well, what are you waiting on? I'm just waiting on him. He's going to do something. Well, what is he going to do? I don't know. I'm I'm just waiting on God. Well, some of y'all going to be, y'all going to be waiting. He's going to crack that sky up and you're still waiting. Hello, somebody. Now, I already told you that this land was so fruitful Two men had to carry 
one cluster of grapes. Somebody said that's fruitfulness. Okay, so what value lessons can we learn from the valley of decision? So let's look at verse 26 to 28. Verse 26 to 28. It says, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back word to all of the congregation and showed them the fruit. They showed them what God said he was going to give them. Then they told him, Moses, and said, we went to the land which, we, which, which you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Man, this is awesome. But then they said, nevertheless. So the first point I want to make today is this. Don't allow your valley to divert your opportunities. Don't allow your valleys to divert your opportunities. Because the, the, the men of God, they went over there, they saw the opportunity. They came back with evidence of its fruit. They were jubilant when they came back. But it must have been something that helped them to make a different decision than the decision that was apparent. There had to be some type of diversion. See, the enemy is the master of deception. See, what you should have seen was fruitfulness, blessings, God's hand, the protection on it. But if, you don't, if you're not careful, you're going to see in the natural something greater than what it is perceived to be when it should be smaller spiritually. Let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. Here we go. So in the spirit world, God is the giant. In the spirit world, the devil is David. But this is what we see. We act like David spiritually, smaller, not David beating the giant, but we act like we're smaller, but then the enemy is so much greater than us. But do you realize that's flipped? Because Jesus already defeated the devil. So if the devil is already defeated, why do we hype him up so much? Because if you don't understand your spiritual authority as Christians, you don't have to have a title on your name. You don't have to be a pastor, apostle, bishop, and all that other stuff. I'm the bishop of First Street of the Prelate District on high with royal diadems on my hat. I don't care about all that. Are you a Christian? Because if you're a Christian, you have authority and power. Somebody say power. power. See, if we could spend more time telling you how powerful you are, the church would be more powerful. But when you don't operate in the authority that God has given you just because you are a Christian, then that's why the church is so weak today. Because we're not all operating in the gifts and talents that God has given us because we, oh, it's for that pastor that's up there on the pulpit. Oh, no, let me point at me. I'm pointing it right back at you guys because we all have gifts and talents that God wants to see. Somebody say amen. amen. Israel had the opportunity they had been waiting for. This was the most blessed, wonderful opportunity for them to go in and possess the land. The opportunity had been delayed but not denied. See, this is where a lot of people uh, get in trouble because maybe you haven't gotten an answer to that prayer yet. And maybe that prayer answer has been delayed. But listen, saints, listen to me close. Just because the answer has been delayed it doesn't mean God has denied it. Sometimes we have to pray more. Sometimes the situation and the circumstances where you are, it's not time yet. 
And see, this is the process where you grow and develop because this is that stage where you're trying to get something through to God and you're not hearing him. Oh, well, maybe some of y'all never been there before where you just didn't hear God. Oh, am I not the only one? I mean, I, I mean I'm the pastor of this church, but I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes God just ain't talking. I get mad. And I'm like, God, oh, why you stop talking to me? What's going on? Is everybody getting that, get that stage sometimes? Why? Because he wants to develop you. That's the incubator. See, he develops your faith when you don't get the goosebumps. Because ministry is not about goosebumps. Just because the praise team singing, you didn't get goosebumps, that doesn't mean God ain't in the house. God ain't about goosebumps. Faith has nothing to do with goosebumps. Because then you'll determine your faith by your goosebumps. Then you might go hear somebody that's talented instead of anointed. And because of your goosebumps, you might think it's God, but it's not. See, there's a big difference between talent and anointing. So you can't go by goosebumps. You got to go by your faith. You got to go by the spirit of God that's within you to confirm what's God and what's not. Now, they should have gotten confirmation in them when they saw this land, but nevertheless... They had a bud in the situation here. Did y'all see that? Nevertheless, let me tell you something about but. <laughs> I'm sorry. Share this on social media. But it's nothing more than an argument for your limitations. And when you argue for your limitations, guess what? You get to keep them. See, the moment you say but, you just argued for your limitations. God, I want to do that, but I don't have enough money. God, I really, I believe you're going to use me that, but I don't have the right education. I really, God, I really want to do that, but I hadn't been to seminary. See, you're arguing for your limitations. You tell your boss, I really want to do that job, but I don't have the right certifications. But do you realize it wasn't the boss that gave you the job? It was God who gave you the job. Hello, somebody. The promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the north or the south. The promotion comes from God. Amen. Better take that job. Go learn what you need to learn to do the job. You can do that. We're very smart people. We can do that. Amen? But don't use but as a limitation on yourself because if you do that, the enemy will get you. Don't let, you, don't let what you see divert your opportunity because we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, let me lay this out before we go to the next point. They had the fruitfulness. They had the cluster of grapes. They brought the cluster of grapes back with them. Why in the world they wouldn't inside of them say, man, this is our time. You see how God has blessed us? He's moved in a powerful way. But the people just look bigger than I think. Because the enemy will always make your opposition look bigger than you. Now, that's because you're walking by sight, not by faith. If you walk by faith, the enemy will always be smaller. Now, it's easier to say that than to operate in it. So what I'm telling you, I haven't perfected yet. Because depending on where you are in your life, there are certain giants that will come up. 
All right, we'll talk about that later. I, I got I got an oh yeah and a laugh and a mmm. So y'all ain't ready yet. So let's let me give you a little bit more. Then can I give you? Can I go a little bit deeper? Okay, let me go a little bit deeper. So so you understand that when we start looking at that first point is don't allow your valley to divert your opportunity. Okay, here's the second one. Don't allow your valley to discourage your outlook. <coughs> to discourage your outlook. So for that one, um, we're going to read verse 30 and 31. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It's going to make more sense. Check this out from the New Living Translation. It says, but Caleb tried to encourage the people as they stood before Moses. He said, let's go out at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men, somebody say the other men. See, you don't want to be like the other men. You don't want to be like pessimistic Patty and negative Nancy, <laughs> Debbie Downer. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> See, let me ask you this. Let me, ask, let, me just, let, me just, let me just say this before I move on. I know some of us come across people like this. It doesn't matter what you say, right? You, you can say, okay, you can say, you can say, you're just talking, right? You say, you know, I think I'm going to take a cruise, girl. You don't want to get on no boat. You might get sick. You can say, you can say, you can say, okay, okay. Uh, like my wife and I, we just got back from Mexico. We're going to go to Mexico. Ooh, you better make sure you be careful over in Mexico. Don't drink the water. You know, they're killing folks in Mexico. They're killing people in Chicago, too. You know, I think I'm going to drive to the mall. Girl, <laughs> you don't want to get out there on that freeway. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Just always negative. It doesn't matter. I'm going to start that business. Girl, <laughs> you know you ain't got no money. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's always negative. Every time you say, you know, I'm going to cut my hair, girl. You better not cut your hair. <laughs> the devil going to get you. Don't you know the Bible said that a woman's glory is her hair? All this nonsense. I think I'm going to read the Bible, girl. You better not read that Bible. Don't you know you might get burned up? You read that Bible. Don't be like, don't be negative. Don't be like the other people. Joshua, Caleb, I'm sorry, brought a good, encouraging report. And the other men, as the brother was talking. See, sometimes, saints, you got to know who to tell your dreams to and know who to shut up around. Everybody is not going to be happy about your dreams. Use discernment. Don't just tell everybody about your dreams. One of the things Joseph did that was bad, he told his brothers about his dream. And that wasn't bad enough. He had a second dream. Told them about the second dream, which lets you know he was young. Because when we're young, we're dumb. 
Everybody don't need to know your dreams. And you can't tell everything to everybody in the church. Come on, somebody. You got to use the sermon in the church. Everybody don't know how to handle your secrets. Now, I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being totally transparent. Don't be telling everybody what's going on. And then they go blab to somebody else, and then you're going to get your feelings hurt when somebody else say something that you have been through that you know you only told one person. By the time it gets to the 10th person, it's elevated and changed to something else. And you say you got a headache, and by the time it gets to the last person, you're dying next week. <laughs> Am I relating to somebody in here today? Mm-hmm. Somebody tell you something good, you should be excited about it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, God bless me. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, you might be in your winter and somebody else is in their summer, but seasons change. Right? And so, but listen, let me tell you something. If you can't be happy in your winter for somebody that's in their summer, then why would somebody be happy when you get out? The other men, the other men, praise God. Touch your neighbor and say, don't be like the other men. <laughs> Come on, touch other neighbor and say, don't be like other men. <laughs> praise God, it goes on to say. But the other men who had explored the land with him answered and said, huh, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this, a discouraging report. Don't allow the valley to discourage your outlook. They spread a discouraging report among all of the Israelites. They said this, the land we explored will swallow up any who go there to live. Whoa, wait a minute. This is the same land God gave them. And all the people we saw were huge. See, when you continue to walk by what you see, it will discourage your outlook. It'll discourage your outlook. Write this one down. Often, to follow the opinions of the majority means you have to resist the truth of God. Now, I, you know I like talking about culture because I believe that the church is too complicit in following the culture, just trying to be nice. But I'm not here to be nice. I'm here to teach the truth. There are certain things that are not allowed in the church. The Bible is counter-culture. Just because the culture says it's normal or acceptable doesn't mean that God will sanction it. Now, I don't care what denomination you came from. Don't care if they're complicit with certain things that's going on in the culture. But the Bible is very clear, and it does not change just because you consider something that used to be taboo. Now it's normal. This doesn't change. And since God doesn't change, who do you think need to do the changing? Now, we have to change our approach, but we do not change the standard. Now, the approach is we love everybody. Because no sin is above the other. It doesn't matter if we're talking about homosexuality or heterosexuality. Sin is sin. You don't hype up one sin over the other. Adulterer is the same as a homosexual. It's the same thing. That's what the Bible says. If you're a lying rascal, you're the same. You're sinning. 
Amen? Hello, somebody. And see, that's why we have to make sure we keep the record straight. You don't hype up one sin or the other sin. But even that, even with that, everybody needs love. You can't heal and help people if you're unloving. That's why the church needs to be better about showing love to people. It doesn't matter what you look like. That's why I love this church. It's multicultural. And, it's, and let, me just, let me give you some truth here. It's hard for a black pastor to get white members. Hard. Even T.D. Jakes only have about 8% white. And he's known around the world. It is difficult for a black pastor to get a, a multicultural expression in his church. But we got it in here. Praise God. Come on and give him a hand. I don't, I, don't, I don't preach a black gospel. I don't preach a white gospel or a Hispanic gospel. I just preach the word of God. I love everybody because everybody needs help. If you cut me, I bleed red just like you do. So everybody go through challenges in their lives. That's why I deal with racial reconciliation in the church. You know, that's one of the, the, the racist places to steal the church. I remember, where's Richard? I remember Richard told me about an experience. Him, he's black, you know, Brenda's white. Richard told me about an experience. He went to a church right here in Charlotte. And they have two beautiful boys. And they walk in church and they're looking at them like, I'm like, what? Did, did you slap them? No, I, I, I wasn't all the way saved. I was still pastoring, but I wasn't all the way. I was still working out my salvation. I said, did you slap one of them? Because that should not be in the church of God. Hello, somebody. Who cares if that's the woman you marry? So? And, and we got to, listen, listen, if, if you're going to use scripture, make sure you, you use scripture properly. I, I'm going to tell you something. I see some, some stuff on social media. I saw some, a black person, because I'm, I'm black, I can talk about it, and, and I'm from the ghetto, so I can talk about that too. <laughs> I just get, get so sick and tired of people who've never been to the ghetto talking about where, what the black people need. <laughs> you ever been to the hood? <laughs> Including filthy rich black people who've never been to the hood. So I'm not just talking about white folks. I'm talking about filthy rich black people never been to the hood. And then they're the ones talking about what we need to do in the hood, but they don't even live around black people. But why you live all around white people and you talking about what the black people need? See, y'all might not want to come back to here because I'm going to just tell you like it is. Man, that's reality. And here you are behind them. Yeah, brother, preach it. That brother don't know nothing about your situation. All right, okay. All right, y'all, y'all, you don't have to give me no clap. It's still true anyway. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Is this making sense at all? Yeah. Right? <coughs> so we, we just have to make sure that we understand that God is a God of love. Yes. Love knows no facial color, right. no big, small. It doesn't matter. Love is love. And I believe all of you who came into this church today, wanted to come to a place where you would be loved. You wanted to come to a place where you would be accepted. All of us want to be in a place where we feel like we're accepted. Listen, we all fight so many things. There are some people who are 50 years old still struggling with something that happened on the playground when they were seven. And then they come to a church to an insecure pastor who's always downing them. One thing you don't have to worry about me, I'm very secure in the anointing that's on my life. I don't have to preach down to nobody. I know in whom God brought me to do. I, he brought me here to teach the people of God. 
And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay right in my lane to teach you. I ain't coming here to prophesy to you. Matter of fact, I only lay hands when God lets me lay hands. I ain't coming in here to lay hands on nobody unless God says lay hands. So you don't have to worry about a lot of church antics. And you don't have to fall out in the Florida's to prove that it's an anointing. You better not fall out. Because you ain't proving nothing to me just because you fall out in the floor. That, that's not the anointing. That, mean, that might mean you might you get some out of courtesy drop. And hurt yourself in the meantime. When you follow the opinions of the majority. Here, let, me, let, let me just share this with you and then we're going to go to the next point. Please, saints of God, don't confuse opinions for facts. Especially when you're on Facebook. I had this certain person, he, he shared a scripture. <laughs> and we're not very close, so I didn't... I <laughs> normally, <laughs> I ain't lying, normally I'll be like, let me go ahead and straighten this brother out. <laughs> but I ain't even, I resisted because the Holy Spirit got me and said, don't bother him. If he wants to operate in a lie, that's his business. But he used the scripture in, in the book of Deuteronomy that God said, don't mix with the nations to say God does not want black people to be with white people. He used the scripture in Deuteronomy, Old Testament scripture. And the scripture had nothing to do with the color of your skin. It had everything to do with sin. And then other black people, yeah, brother, you know, yeah, that's what I'm talking. Bunch of ignorant people that can't even untie two scriptures. Passing themselves off as some theologian. Don't get caught up in that mess, saints. Don't get caught up in the black and the white. I get so sick of this stuff. It hurts my heart to see sometimes it's so one-sided. That why would one life matter and not another? Now, I, my heart breaks when I start talking about abortions. But those lives, it seems, don't matter. Do you realize that more black people get abortions than any other race? When, the la when was the last time you heard the NAACP say anything about abortions and all these black babies being killed? Now, see, I just like to throw stuff out there to make you think. Because if you don't see the whole picture, you will be confused. I think these babies' lives matter too. Amen. These lawyers and doctors and preachers and prophets and nurses. And if you do the history of Planned Parenthood, I'm not talking about all this rhetoric that you hear today. Just do your history on who started Planned Parenthood and what kind of person Margaret Sanger was. She wanted to wipe out the black race, if you understand where Planned Parenthood came from. So do your research, people. That's all I'm saying. Just do your research. Somebody said I'm right. Who said that? You've you done your research on it. Yes, absolutely. Go do your research. That's all I'm saying. Okay? I don't know how I got off then, but I just thought I'd throw some truth. Like I told you, I'm going to tell you truth. 
because that's what the church needs today is truth. Now, just, just to go ahead and clarify some stuff, I'm not in the, the Democrats or the Republicans' pocket. I don't care about either party. I don't like either party because both parties are doing a, a horrible job. I don't have more money in my pocket, but all of them still getting rich. And while we fussing and fighting, those rascals going to dinner together. And here we are in the hood fighting. Well, it's the Republicans. Oh, it's the Democrats. And them rascals up there eating together, spending our money. Every time I get my check, that chick FICA, I, I, I got to find that chick right there. That chick eating up my check. FICA. I, who named that chick? I'm sorry, I went out on a tangent there. <laughs> let me pull back. I'm sorry. My bad. I want y'all to come back. <laughs> so let me just move on. So don't be following the opinions of the majority because sometimes when you do, sometimes you got to resist truth. Is that making sense at all? The people followed a negative report, guys, because more people talked about it. See, the enemy, what he tries to do, let me tell you something before I put that up there. Well, I put it up there anyway. Let me tell you what the enemy will do. And I, and I said this last Sunday. I think it, 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 it does deserve repeating. The enemy will show you something so often, so many times, and he will want you to hear something so often and so many times to desensitize the Christian. Because once you become desensitized to it, then you will receive it as normal and you will be more tolerant towards it. That's what's happened with this whole movement. And that's why the churches are capitulating because now the churches have become desensitized to it. But listen, I can still love a person, but I never have to like what they do. Amen? I know I was a vile person. When I was in the streets, I know people hated my guts because I was evil, mean, nasty, selfish, prideful. Man, I was a D-O-double-G. I mean, I, I just, I, I was awful as a person. You wouldn't even want to know me as a person how bad I was. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I just wanted to drink and cuss people out. And not necessarily in that order. I cuss people out, then I go drink. <laughs> or drink while I'm cussing people. <laughs> so people come around me and they use cuss words. They say, oh, pastor, I didn't, man, I used that before. Me too. I've, I've cussed. Me too. Pastor, you may not know. Me too. I've, I've done that. Yeah, me too. You can't say nothing I hadn't heard already. You ain't going to hurt my feelings just because you want to cuss. Cuss. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, sometimes I want to cuss our church folk. Come up in my office. What the? Huh? Isn't that, is that real enough for you? We all want to cuss somebody at times. They get on your nerves. Some of them your kids. You get on my last nerve. Not, not the children in this church, though. Not the, <laughs> I'm talking about other folks in the neighborhood kids, right? <laughs> Let me move on before I get in trouble. <laughs> Think about this. This is Dr. Ben Carson. I, I love Dr. Ben. Some of the stuff he's talking about today I don't like, but I love Dr. Ben Carson. A victim walking through sand looks down and sees dirt. A victor sees the ingredients to building a castle. So my question to you is, which one are you? Because a lot of times, 
All we see is the dirt that we go through. We see the challenges. We see the bills. We got this pain in our bodies. And, and if you don't want it, the enemy will have you focus on all of that, and you develop a victim's mentality. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. When I got that diagnosis, and when I had to go through all of those treatments, the enemy wanted to make me focus on the cancer. That's, uh, right, baby? You went through that, right? He wanted me to focus on the cancer. How many other cancer survivors I got in the house? By show of hands. See? And you know what I'm talking about then. The enemy just, he's always bringing up, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. You know, this is not going to work. And so that's why you have to have positive people around you. I had my wife and my daughter, and I had this church around me praying for me, and my family members saying it's going to be all right. But if I got around somebody that, that like the other men, uh-uh, you got to get off around me because I am going to beat this. I don't want to hear this stupid mess. Time out. Well, maybe God gave that to you to teach you a lesson. If you don't get, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Turn around. I'm gonna, I'll teach you a lesson. I know the Bible said touch not my, my anointed, but I, it didn't say I couldn't kick you. You better get off around me with all that negative talk. When people are looking for healing and they're, they're trying their hardest to keep the faith, they don't need negative people coming around them talking about, well, maybe God is trying to teach you a lesson. No, what they need from you is you're going to beat this. No, you're coming out on the other side on this thing. No, the devil is a liar. That's what you need around you when you're going through stuff. So, saints, remember that when you go in the hospital room or don't go in at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. When they're laying in that bed, lost their hair, and they're just fighting with everything in them. They don't need somebody that's supposed to be a Christian coming in there with all that negative talk. The other men. Oh, no, no, no. We're going in to possess this. We're going to possess this healing. Hello, somebody. I'm not mad, but I am passionate. Amen? Those people follow the negative report. Don't do that. See, we overcome the world. We are overcoming. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. So don't let what you see divert your opportunities. Don't allow discouragement to change your outlook. And here's the last one here, guys. Don't allow your valid to defeat you through opposition. See, this one is that last verse when we started talking about the giants. Verse 33 says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. I, I use this because it says, don't let the, your valley defeat you through opposition, because one thing you got to understand is, once you get into position, expect opposition. Once The moment you say, I'm going to do something for God, the moment you say, you know, I'm going to join that church, you just say those words, and you watch what happens. You watch what happens. I, we've had somebody to even go through the class, and we never saw them again. We was like, what happened to blind? We called, ain't answered. They took the class. Hadn't heard from them. Opposition. Why? Because God had a call on their lives. This was the right place, but now they're out of place. That's what happens. The enemy don't want you into the right. Now, check this out. He don't want you in the right. But when you add this to this, you use that. That's what the enemy uses, opposition 
to get you out of position. He's going to send something your way. Something that you are going to see by sight. He sent them a giant. Now, the people said, we are like grasshoppers. So my question to you, saints, what giants do you have in your life that are self-imposed? What limitations have you placed upon yourself? Are you talking yourself out of something? Do you think you're just not good enough? Uh, you just think you don't, have, you don't know enough of the word? Are you just not Christian enough? Do you realize that's the devil saying that? And you are agreeing with it? God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Let me give you a scripture everybody knows. Many are called. But most people don't even know what that means. Many are called, few are chosen. The reason few are chosen is because they have self-imposed limitations on themselves and they never step into their possession. Many are called, but few are chosen because they talk their way out of it. I'm talking to somebody in here this morning. Right now, right now, right now, somebody is sitting in this church. Right now, God keeps bringing up this one thing, and he brings it up, he brings it up. And, you, and, and every time, you have an excuse as to why you won't do it. That excuse is a but. Because you're arguing for your limitations, and when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. I don't know who that was, but there might be two or three people in here right now. Somebody in here right now, you think you're too old. God has called you to do something. He's saying, well, I mean, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm past that. No, you ain't past that yet. Uh, if, you st- if you still got life, there's hope. Amen. If you're still breathing. I don't think nobody came in. I see any wheelchairs. I ain't seen no wheelchairs come up in here. So everybody walked in on their own volition, right? Then you have another opportunity to bless God, right? Everybody in here, everybody, I want everybody to raise their hand. Everybody raise your hand. Everybody in here has a wonderful gift from God. Everybody in here. Listen, I don't care what you've done in your past. Forget about all of that. What are you going to do from today forward? That's what's important. All of us have a tumultuous past. We've all done something. There's some stuff I just don't want y'all to know about. And I guarantee you, if I peer in your past long enough, (laughs) it'll make me blush (laughs) amen all of us got some stuff right come on come on come on put your hand on your heart and say I got some stuff pastor we all got some stuff man I'm telling you we all got some stuff that's why if I have to run for politics I have to be careful because (laughs) they gonna bring up my stuff they ain't gonna bring up my pastor stuff it's gonna be B.C. Y'all know what B.C. is, right? Before Christ, right? They're going to go before Christ and pull up all of that before Elaine. Oh, Lord. When I met her, then I started to get, to get saved when I met her. She saved me. <laughs> Praise God. But, but prior to that, boy, woo, 
Boy, let me move on while y'all talking about me. All right. <laughs> Check this out. What we say not only influences our actions, it influences the actions of those around us and especially those we lead. See, that's why you have to be careful of the words that you speak. Listen to the consequences of these 10 spies. The people did not believe Joshua and Caleb who gave the encouraging report. They believed the 10 spies who gave a discouraging report. The Bible is very clear. Because they followed the 10, that whole generation died without ever possessing their blessing. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the cause of a young person not fulfilling that blessing because I've been so negative. I don't ever want to be that pastor who was a bad example to people in the church that will hurt the next generation. I don't want to be that person. That's why I stay right in my lane. I stay with my wife. I ain't looking at nobody else. Don't want nobody else. Can't handle nobody else. Plus, I value my life. She'll kill me. Y'all be talking about, let's pray. Uh Uh-uh, y'all better go find her. Because she's going to kill me. And her. (laughs) Amen. So I'm just going to stay saved. And married. <laughs> Amen? Because we've all seen all that negative stuff out there, right? You don't want to be like Paul or Randy White. You, you come in front of their congregation, and they're coming in to worship, and they say, oh, we're getting a divorce. What? That is, that's not good, saints. Wait a minute. You say, and y'all can't stay together? Somebody's lying. Both of y'all probably lying. Y'all ain't saved. You don't have the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit should be convicting you to get it right. The Holy Spirit should convict you to go and apologize. Either God is not true or you're lying to yourself. Recapitulation. Don't allow the valid to divert your opportunities. Don't allow your valid to discourage your outlook. And don't allow your valid to defeat you through opposition. What you decide today will determine what side you will be on in eternity. So that decision is for today. What are you going to do today? Where are you going to serve today? What church are you going to join today? What ministry are you going to start today? What business are you going to start today? What class are you going to start today? What job are you going to apply for today? What degree are you going to shoot for today? What certification are you going to work on today? What books are you going to read today? What you decide today can determine your eternity. Amen? 
We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.